adding value to pregnancy testing. This is one of our big questions and a big opportunity for both veterinarians and producers. Welcome to Bovine Science with BCI. I'm Brad White. Happy to have Dr. Bob Larson with me today. Morning, Bob. Good morning. Good to be here. So we've got a great discussion lined up because this is an area that you've done a lot of work in, and we're going to talk about not just how can we add value to PregCheck, but how do we capture some of that value back to the herd beyond just pregnant open? Correct. So a lot of this information is going to be based on, well, you teach the Therial Genealogy course here at Kansas State University. And over the years, you've kind of evolved your presentation. And one of the things that I've been interested to watch is how you've talked about evaluating these pregnancy histograms. And we'll explain what those are a little bit as we go forward. But you've evolved over the last few years in how you evaluate those. Yes, I I really have. And there's kind of several steps. First, I think like all veterinarians, I recognize the value of identifying open cows and you know managing them differently usually you know moving them right to cold cow slaughter or uh, rebreeding them and selling them to somebody else those types of things so identifying open cows and we know that the actual final percent breed up so the pregnancy percentage of the herd exposed to bulls is important for economic and the herd efficiency but kind of over time I was exposed to a lot of herds that maybe took a long breeding season to get a good breed up. So I'm going to just use a 95%, you know, 92 to 95% breed up, which a lot of herds can reach. And so if I use that as my goal, if a herd reaches a 95% breed up in 65 to 70 days, that's actually kind of different than a herd that takes 100 or 120 days to reach that same level. So that, yes, 95% breed up is my goal. And for a long time, that was the main thing I evaluated. But now I also look at the length of time it took that herd to breed up. And then I've even evolved a little bit more into really focusing on how well the herd breeds up in the first 21 days. So and a lot of your thoughts are encapsulated. There's an article in Veterinary Clinics of North America that was from 2016 titled Evaluating Information Obtained from Diagnosis of Pregnancy Status in Beef Herds. And we'll post a link to that article on the show notes if anybody's interested in following up. A lot of your thoughts are there, but I, I want to start out, as you talked about, it's how long it takes them to get there. So I want you to define for me, I used the term pregnancy histogram earlier. Yes. Tell me what that is. Well, if you can just picture it, basically a histogram is a kind of a type of a bar chart. And what I want to know is what percentage of the herd became pregnant in the first 21 days, what percentage of the herd became pregnant in the second 21 days, the third 21 days. And then if the breeding season is longer, on into the fourth or fifth or sixth 21 days. And by looking at that pattern of when the cows became pregnant, it actually provides a lot of diagnostic information about some potential, you know, kind of uh, acute problems, such as a bull going bad or a disease problem, but also helps to identify kind of some long-term problems. And we've talked about momentum in the past, just kind of a a long postpartum infertility period that, that kind of damages the ability to get pregnant in that first 21 days. So when you think about putting that information together, I want to go a couple different directions with this. First, I want to talk about the value. You highlighted some of those. But then second, I want to talk about how we're going to get that data to make this. So you said the value is diagnostic. How would you use this as a diagnostic tool? Okay, so I kind of put poor breed up into three buckets. One is a bull problem, so the male's fault. The male is the reason that cows didn't get pregnant. Female's fault, it's the cow's problem, or possibly a disease problem. So really every 
reason that I have a poor breed up, and poor breed up in my definition is either I don't reach my 92 to 95 percent overall pregnancy rate, or it takes me more than say 75, 65 to 70 days to get there. Either one of those is under that herd is underperforming what beef cows can do. Yeah, so you'd want to be able to identify, and that's one of the things that. I may not be able to differentiate those if I just have the overall preg rate. Exactly. We've got a lot of examples, you know, and, and we'll use this for teaching of students where we've got, you know, actual herd um, records. So we can build this histogram, this percent of cows that become pregnant in each 21 days. And we can have two herds where the overall breed up is 95% in both herds. But in one herd, it took, you know, 65 days to reach that breed up. And another herd, it maybe took 110, 115 days to reach that same level. And when you really dig into it, um, a lot of times there's a reason. And it might be, again, that just the cows were not cycling at the beginning of the breeding season, which would be the reason we would have that evidence is a lot of times breed up in the first 21 days isn't very good, quite a bit better in the second 21 days. And by the third 21 days, the the cows are really doing well versus a bull problem, which actually kind of has its own look. And a bull problem, assuming... Let's, let's do this scenario where the bulls are fertile at the beginning of the breeding season, and so our breed up is pretty good, or even if it's medium, if that drops off rapidly, anytime I go from a, a higher percent pregnant in, in one 21-day period to a lower percent in the next 21-day period, and I need to discuss exactly what I mean by that, that would indicate a bull problem because cows typically don't rapidly, a group of cows don't rapidly become less fertile. But one or two bulls can rapidly become less fertile. So it, it's kind of the, the change. I don't expect cows, a group of cows, to become less fertile over time. That can certainly happen with bulls. And, so, and I wouldn't know that by just knowing how many became pregnant overall. So you said you put your repro problems into three buckets. Cows, bulls, and then what's the third bucket? A disease. Disease. Okay. So, so something like a trichomoniasis or, or something like that. Okay. So if we're putting this together for a herd that has a problem, it makes perfect sense, right? Great diagnostic tool. I can sort those things out. What about herds that don't have a problem? Should I just skip them or should I still make a histogram for those? And and let me give you a scenario because you talked about differences in length of breeding seasons. Let's say most of my clients I work with are in the 70 to 100 day breeding season and most of them are getting pregnancies in the 91 to 94%. Do I need to do histograms on those herds? Well, I would say yes, and there's two reasons. One is there there probably are some issues that could be improved, and we could get better reproductive efficiency. And really, reproductive efficiency drives income in cow-calf ranches. And it's not very expensive to gather this information. In other words, we're doing the pregnancy check. We're looking at calving records anyway. It's not an expensive diagnostic test. It basically is value added to the pregnancy diagnosis that we're doing. So it's pretty easy and a value add that you can go. And there's not very many other things that I can do because if I get them calving earlier, I get better weight gains on the calves because they're more days of age. If I manage that histogram, it's hard for me to tweak if my only output is the preg rate is pretty good. Right, exactly. And, and I think we're missing some opportunities. And again, I, I will admit that overall breed up is probably the most important thing. I want that 92 to 95% breed up, and I really need to reach that. But if, I, if it's taking me more than 70 days to reach that, I'm probably leaving some reproductive efficiency on the table that I think I can improve. 
Okay, so to get this data, I'm gonna have to be able to either preg check at a time where I can break them into 21 day increments, or I'm gonna have to use the calving data. Is that? That's fair. And so for accurate identification of that first 21 days, I personally probably need to do my preg check 120 days after the bull turned out. So if you're turning bulls out, you know, May the 20th, you're talking about an earlier preg check than what we typically would do. And so, but that allows me to, and there are some herds that that actually works. Maybe we're moving pastures. There's some reason we might be gathering cattle for fly control or something else like that. So that we're talking, uh, you know, a late summer, late August, early September type of a preg check in order to get in there early enough to really differentiate those cows that became pregnant in the first 21 days versus those that became pregnant in the second 21 days or later. Because you care about the front of the breeding season because it's the front of the calving season. And I really want to distinguish because you're... Your target that you mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm trying to get two-thirds of them bred in the yep. first 21 that's, days. That's exactly what I want to do. So, and at the end of the breeding season, hopefully there's not very many in that pool anyway that we would have to preg check. So really, right. you set your preg check date based on when the breeding season started. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. I base it on when it starts. Now, this is an interesting conversation that I have with veterinarians is what's the role of ultrasound to improve my ability? And I would say that ultrasound doesn't help me with those later gestation. In other 120 words, days of age yeah, gestation. It, you know, to tell, ultrasound doesn't help me differentiate 120 days from 90 days, but it really does help me differentiate between 50 days and open or 30 days and 60 days, those types of things. So ultrasound really helps me in early gestation. It doesn't really help me become more accurate late in gestation. It doesn't help you differentiate stage of gestation, but it's still good at preg, oh, it's really preg good. not preg. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So let me throw a little wrinkle in before we go on. So let's say the start of the breeding season, let's say we did one round of AI, or we sink an AI, and then I t turned in the bulls two weeks later. Would you still be at your max 120, 140 days? Or uh, I, I may want to even get that down a little bit closer, maybe 100 days or so after the AI to really differentiate those AI pregnancies from the first opportunity that the bulls had. So, okay. so again, it's, it's a conversation with each ranch of ideal time to come in and do that pregnancy check. Now, I want to throw out one other thing, and you said it earlier. If that's just not going to work, and you're working with a ranch that we are not going to gather cattle in late August, early September, there's no other reason to gather them. And so I'm going to do my preg check maybe in October. I'll probably not be particularly accurate at differentiating those that became pregnant in the first 21 days and the second 21 days. And there's two options I have is one, lump them into one, you know, the first 42 days, which is pretty good information. But, but then I lose it, kind of what I wanted to yeah, get out of this. Which was how many get pregnant right at the beginning of the breeding season. The other thing you can do is do the preg open or do kind of what I just said. You, you lump the first 42 days together as part of the histogram. But then go back and look at the calving records of the calves that would be by the side of the cows right then. Because we know that we've talked about momentum in the past. Histograms tend to stay very much the same year to year unless something bad happens. And so by looking at the calving pattern and then looking at when that each cow calved, I get a pretty good feeling. And again, I'm, I'm, this is a herd diagnostic workup more than just an individual cow diagnostic workup. So as we're collecting that data, what are my tools and what makes it easier? I'm going to open a big can of worms. I'm just setting you up because yep. I, I know you've done a lot of work creating a pregnancy data collection app. Yeah. And you know, I got a couple of spreadsheets. One is really built to 
include to have you input calving dates, and then you build the calving distribution. The other is a, a pregnancy app, which basically is built on a spreadsheet that, again, looks at the time of preg check. You know, you estimate approximate days of gestation, put that into the app or spreadsheet, and it builds these histograms for you. And, you know, one of the things I have to give a shout out, you know, nothing is built from, or at least nothing in my mind has been built from nothing. You know, I had faculty members when I was in vet school that was promoting this type of workup. And I've had colleagues in practice and in academia who have been working on these concepts of how do we, in an efficient way, gather some of this information and make it easy to create these histograms. And I think we've come a long, long way during my career. Yeah, absolutely. And let's talk a little bit more about that app, because one of the things that I know you worked really hard on is making sure that the data collection is compatible with shoot side work. Tell us a little bit about that part. Yeah, you know, when I was very early in my career, we tried taking computers out in the field, and there was a lot of complications with that, you know, getting electricity, being able to see screens in the bright sunlight, just the expense of having a computer there that could get ruined. And so we... Well, and at that size, how big were computers? Well, it was... The size of a truck? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. (laughs) Not quite, but... I'm not aging you. I'm just just curious about the past. Yeah, well... (laughs) So, but the great thing is with everybody, almost everyone has a phone or a tablet. And those are pretty portable. The battery life is decent so that you can collect information shoot side in a way that really makes kind of a breakthrough as far as making this work at the speed of working cattle at the shoot. So we've got an app that's on the BCI site, the Preg app. We've also got a couple of spreadsheets, which are basically the same types of information, just that you would enter into a computer or a laptop computer versus a phone or a tablet. And they provide this histogram. And, you know, one other thing, you talk about how much I've learned over time and kind of evolved my thinking. You know, I've been saying, I want to know how many, what percentage of the herd became pregnant in the first 21 days and the percentage of the herd that become pregnant in the second 21 days. But a few years ago, it actually kind of struck me that that's not even the best information. What the best information is, is the percent of the cows that are still available, I mean, they're not pregnant yet, that get pregnant each 21 days. And for instance, if in the first, and oh, I need to give one other piece of information, we think that beef cattle, on average, if you take a fertile ovulation and mate that cow that has a fertile ovulation with a fertile bull, there's about a 65% chance, and that probably ranges 60 to 70, but I'm going to use 65% chance that that mating actually results in conception, early embryonic development, implantation, all the way through a calf, all right? So So if everything goes well, two-thirds of them get bred. That's exactly right. And and that kind of goes back to something you said earlier, that the best I can expect is two-thirds of the animals to get pregnant in the first 21 days. And that's right. And that's because that's, and that's not, I want to be clear, that's not infertility. That third that don't either conceive or survive early embryonic development, that's just biology. That, we, we are making new animals. We're making mammals. And there's a lot of ways for that early development to go wrong. So the best we can do is about two-thirds of the time, a fertile mating ends up in a live calf. So you're saying in that first 21 days, if I actually got two-thirds of them bred, I had adequate bull power and fertile bulls, and all of my cows would have to be cycling for that to occur. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. So if I got 65% of my cows pregnant in the first 21 days, that basically means that essentially all of the cows ovulated in the first 21 days and the bulls covered every single cow with a fertile mating. Okay. So now every time I've looked at these pregnancy histograms in the past, 
we've talked about percent of the herd and I've, and kind of my walking around number for what does a good herd look like is you have 65% of them in the first 21 days, you have 25% in the next 21, 10 or 15, and then you end up with five open, right? Some combination thereof. But what you're saying is you want to look at the percent of the available. Mm-hmm. So why is that better? All right. So in the example that you just gave, if 65% of the cows became pregnant in the first 21 days, well, that means the cows were fertile and the bulls did a great job during the first 21 days. If in the second 21 days, 23% of the herd becomes pregnant, do you know what that means? That means that 65% of the cows that were still available didn't maintain that pregnancy, that two-thirds of them, 65% of one-third is 23%. So, again, it means that 65% of the available cows became pregnant in the second 21 days, which is 23% of the herd. I don't know. I'm throwing numbers around. But what I really want to know is each 21 days, 65% of the available cows became pregnant. That would mean that I can't do better than that. That is the best that a herd can do. Not just numbers, but fractions and percentages. <laughs> all in the same sentences. Ah, and then you did fractions of fractions. So, so here, let me give so, you an example where it's a little bit more difficult. So it is not uncommon for, say, 50% of the cows in a herd to actually give me a fertile ovulation during the first 21 days, right? So, that's a, so I want 100%. It's not uncommon for 50%. So if 50% of the herd is cycling in the first 21 days and my bulls are fertile, I'm going to end up with about 32% of the cows getting pregnant in the first 21 days, or about half of my goal, right? Now, in the second 21 days, if my fertility kind of improves up to maybe 60%, well, then I'm going to have 37 or 38% of the herd, but that's 60% of the non-pregnant cows in that second 21 days that become pregnant. So I've got a, maybe a picture of histogram that's, that's flatter, or kind of our lack of momentum. So if things went well, I'm going to back you up on one thing here in a second, but if things went well, what you're saying is the percent of available that gets bred every 21 days should be about 65%. Exactly. Every 21 days. And that's easier now, for me to interpret than this percent of the herd when, yeah, I'd have to do but the you math said, But you said about. my percent that got bred may get higher because my fertility got better. Your fertility didn't really get better. What happened was you had more cows cycling. Yeah, yeah right? it, it depends on how you want to say that. So my bull fertility is the same. And yes, the cows that ovulate don't become more fertile. It's just that now more of the them rest, ovulate. yeah, almost by the second 21 days, most of the herd has had time to resume fertile cycles. And of course, the ones that got pregnant in the first 21 days are off the table yeah. now. And now we're just looking at the rest of the herd. So the value in this approach is we're looking at two-thirds of the cows each cycle. And that lets us get further into both the diagnostics of why they are where they are and figuring out what we can do to improve it. So The way I like to look at it is it helps us decide when cows are getting pregnant and when they're not getting pregnant. So in a scenario where... Maybe the breed-up isn't very good the first 21 days, but it gets really good after that. What I would find maybe is that 35% of the available animals get pregnant in the first 21 days, and in the second 21 days, 65% become pregnant. Well, now I know that the problem was in the first 21 days. And by the second 21 days, the bulls were doing great and the cows were doing great. If I didn't have that information, I could get it, but it takes a lot of math and, and correction. So these apps that we've created actually just spits that number out. It tells you what percent of the 
not only the percent of the herd that gets pregnant each 21 days, but the percent of the available. And that really makes it really clear when cows are not getting pregnant. But that's why the you talk about the app. I could keep some of this with just a tally sheet. How many of them are early, yep. middle, and late? Why would I need to use an app or your spreadsheet? Okay. Well, and actually, I, I'm not going to discount what you just said. A lot of herds, if, if you can collect any type of information, even in a tally sheet, that's a good start. But I think once you start doing that, you'll want to dig into it more. Because herds aren't just all, all the same. You know, you've got cows of different ages. You might have kind of cows with different breed backgrounds, those types of things. And the app and the spreadsheets allow you then to say, well, my overall herd bred up at 55% during the first 21 days. But, but let's dig into it a little bit more. And my mature cows bred up at 65 or 67%. My first calf heifers bred up at 43%. And, you know, my aged cows were at 50%. You know, so you can split it up and say, well, not only how did the whole herd do, but how did subsets? And, and usually age sometimes breeding pastures, sometimes, you know, some aspect of the, the cow makeup. Maybe you've got kind of some older continental-type cows and some younger you know, British-type cows, and, and you want to tease apart the difference between age and breed and those kinds of things. And so then it allows you to not only look at the whole herd's distribution, but that same information, percent pregnant per 21 days by a subset, such as age or breed. Yeah, so that, that ability to sort, because what we care about, we're, we're collecting individual data, but what we care about is relevant groups. Yes. We're, in most cases, not making decisions on individual cows based on timing, but I want to find out what right. group is she in, what does she have in common with some of the others. I'm going to make keep cull decisions based on the individual cow. That's right. But investigating why I didn't have as good a breed up as I want is really about groups. Which group didn't become pregnant as well as I wanted them to, and when was that? Was it an early, mid, or late in the pre breeding season that group of cows failed to perform as they should have? Age, breed, breeding pasture, management group, if there's something else that they have in common, you've got the ability in that app to plug it in, and it lets you make some pretty quick, easy reports. It also, is there a report that goes to the producer? Yes, and, and they, you know, they generate a, a report that can easily go to the veterinarian and producer, and allows you to really kind of talk through what it is that you found. And, you know, one of the things that I, I want to emphasize is that there are a few herds that won't benefit from this level of information, but not very many. I mean, and even a herd that's doing really, really well with reproductive efficiency, you want to monitor that and make sure that, and, and a lot of times it's because, that you know, any new group of animals, the heifers that I bring in or a group of cows that I bought, I want to make sure that they're performing as well as, as the rest of the herd. And so... It's pretty rare that a herd doesn't benefit from just a little more scrutiny on when cows became pregnant or if there's a problem when cows didn't become pregnant. Yeah, There's some value in having that ability to monitor even when things are going well. As those of us who've had a speedometer go out or mm -hmm. another, you, you notice how much you use yeah. those things. We need to keep those up on the cow herd because of the importance of reproduction. So if, if where can I find out more information about the pregnancy app and where can I get that? Okay, you can find it on the, the BCI website under some of our tools. And we've got, again, the, the app itself. You can, it's called the Preg app or BCI Preg app. And that is, you know, you can use that on an Apple or an Android phone. And there's also the spreadsheets. If, if you prefer to work with a computer, a laptop, and a spreadsheet or something like that, we have those available too. 
Excellent. Well, we appreciate you joining us and sharing this information. I think really good information on how to get that value out of the preg check and then share it back with uh, each producer. So thanks, Bob. You bet.